yarn. Welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Kiara. And I'm Victoria. And in this episode, we are reading... Shall I? Go for it. It's your book. We are reading uh, Equal Rights, the third Discworld novel by Terry Pratchett. Or I'm reading anyway. For something a little bit different. Yes, for something Uh, completely different, um, in the words of Monty Python. Um, This is a a fantastic series, actually. Uh, There are... I think 20 at least titles in the Discworld series, all Mm -hmm. written by Terry Pratchett from his very, very phenomenally British and sarcastic imagination that basically all aim to lightly satirise and have a lot of fun with the fantasy genre. So I've heard that there is a uh, Terry Pratchett novel on Australia. Yes. Um, I may have heard that from you, actually. <laughs> yes, there are a number of Terry Pratchett novels that uh, in part mention Australia or, you know, make fun of Australia. Um, but this particular one I've selected is one of the earlier ones, um, as is the third one. And um, it introduces one of my favourite character, um, which is uh, Granny Weatherwax, the witch from Ram Tops in mm-hmm. the Discworld. And so... Um, for those of you who have been around the internet a long time and you've heard of the uh, one of the metaphors for um, infinite regress, when you're talking about the existence of God and people say the infinite regress, they say, well, that's like yes. saying the world is balanced on a bunch of elephants, which is turtles balanced. Turtles all the way down. The turtles all the way well, down. It's a Hindu reference. It's I a think. Hindu re- but that's what the Discworld is mm. set on, a great uh, celestial turtle that flies through space. And the turtle has a name. He's the great Artun. And um, that's what the Discworld sits on. There you go. And so that's partially why it was it, – I think it's partially why it's become extremely popular because of Terry Pratchett's um, creation of this Discworld sitting on, a, sitting on the back of a giant space turtle. Um, but Granny Weatherwax is a hilarious character. Um, she's a witch. Um, and her best friend is Nanny Og, who's also a witch. Um, and they live in this little town called Badass, <laughs> high up in the mountains. I'm not even kidding. Sorry, I was thinking of the Wizard of Oz just then, but no, not the no, same. no, 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 no. Um, and this particular this particular book is um, is about a is about witches and witches and wizards for the most part. Now, obviously, witches are witches witches are all women, and wizards are all men. Um, but the plot line of this book is basically um, there is a prophecy about a very powerful wizard to be born. He is the eighth son of the eighth son. And so this great old wizard goes up to go and find this newborn baby and um, prophetically hands this little baby the staff that is to be her, uh, be his inheritance. The unfortunate thing is, is that no one checks the gender of the baby and it turns out it's a girl. Mm-hmm. And this has never happened before in Discworld. Women are witches and men are wizards. They're two different magics. One's from the earth, the other's from the sky. Women don't do the sky magic and men don't do the earth magic. It just doesn't work. And so, of course, this is a book about uh, that little girl as she grows up and tries to find, you know, it, all sorts of dramas and it's hilarious all around. Makes a lot of fun of gender roles in fantasy, yep. particularly. Yep. Um, so to give you a sense of what Terry Pratchett's writing is like... I was going to read you a quick little passage here. It's a quick, uh, quick little packet passage here. Um, she was named Escarina for no particular reason other than her mother liked the sound of the word. 
and although Granny Weatherwax kept a careful watch on her, she failed to spot any signs of magic whatsoever. It was true that the girl spent more time climbing trees and running around shouting than little girls normally did, but a girl with four older brothers still at home can be excused of a lot of things. In fact, the witch began to relax and started to think that the magic had not taken hold after all. But magic has a habit of lying low, like a rake in the grass. <laughs> it reminds me of the, the, the sideshow Bob thing on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- <laughs> yes, that, that was an image that also sprung to mind when I read that. Um, He's got a similar style to um, Bill Goldman, William Goldman, that wrote um, The Princess Bride. That sounds very like, you know, satirizing the... The fantasy genre. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's also a little bit like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, He's of that yeah. same kind of caliber. as. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, he only passed away a couple of years ago, Terry mm. Pratchett. May and, rest in peace. Yes. Um, and he was, he's, like I said, he's a prolific writer. There are like 20 of these books. And the brilliant thing about these two, by the way, is you can pick up almost any Terry Pratchett book in almost any order. Mm. And they're almost standalone stories. So you can just, you know, go out to the bookshop and buy whatever Discworld novel you see on the shelf and start reading it and you won't be too, like, lost. It's not a lot of presumed knowledge. No, no. He writes with not a lot of presumed knowledge, but he does have kind of series and he does have sets of characters that he follows intermittently. So, you know, sometimes so he writes this book and then takes a break for a couple of books and then writes another book about Granny Weatherwax and Nanny Og yep. and all that sort of stuff. So he's got he's, – the way he's set up this world is that there's little niches that he just pops in and out of and tells stories, um, which is quite a great – which is quite a good way to do a fantasy series. It means you don't get bored. Mm. Um, and this is certainly not a boring book. This is entertaining. I was giggling reading this. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. Um, and the other, th- the other thing that's really interesting, though, that I, that I do love about this book is gender roles in yeah. fantasy. Talking about men and women. Why are men always wizards and women always witches? Um, and what's the different qualitative difference between the two? And so um, Terry Pratchett goes on about. Uh, does have very very distinctive gender roles that he does kind that he does like very intensely satirize and poke fun at, um, but in a way you know it's 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 something it's it it raised a lot of questions it raised a lot of questions for me because the way he portrays the witches is actually quite they're actually quite inspiring characters in some ways they're 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 intelligent they're funny they've got their own like little quirks as all humans do like nanny og for example has had several husbands and like 30 children between them and like a wealth of like grandchildren whose names she can't remember which is hilarious um not all at once by the way um and um you know, and she has all her like daughters-in-law like looking after her basically mm. and has a whole bunch of adventures as a result of that but yeah, it's just, I find, you know, in other, you know, you, there's, there's, there's often this thing with fantasy, no, with fantasy books that female characters don't quite get a huge amount of complexity, like a huge amount of complexity or airtime, mm. even when the, even when they're a protagonist yeah. kind yeah. of thing, especially with popular fantasy fiction, uh, fantasy fiction. Like, I don't know if you look at, um, Oh, what's what are some of the popular fantasy fictions kids the kids are reading these days? Um, Harry Potter is obviously an exception because um, they do have complex female characters. Um, do you mean that the female characters serve as like a foil and or like an ideal, and that's all they're meant to be like the pure sort of good-hearted person that the protagonist saves or something like that? Because they do serve that function a lot. 
in fantasy. Maybe fantasy from a while back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's what I think that's what I'm kind of getting at here. Um, and the reason why I say Harry Potter is a bit of a unique thing, uh, a unique thing in that in the genre of fantasy is because witches and wizards are not. There's nothing qualitatively different about them. Mm. They might. Everyone has. You know, it, it's a, it's a thing that you have magic, and it doesn't really look like Jedi or something like. Yeah, that. it's like the Force. It doesn't yeah. really change. Um, okay. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not. It's not. It doesn't really have quali- different qualities to as to whether you're a male as to whether you're male or female. If you know what I mean, it's like being musical. How would this compare to something like the Lord of the Rings? A lot of people give Tolkien rubbish for like putting his female characters on a pedestal and, you know, making them ideals. But if you actually – most of those people, I would argue, haven't really read Tolkien all that well. Um, Haven't really read – and haven't certainly haven't read all his other literature Mm, because mm. Tolkien does have a very profound respect for women. Um, And he – I mean, you just look at the three women that appear in The Lord of the Rings, for example. You have Arwen, you have Galadriel, and you have Eowyn. Um, I'm sorry, Eowyn on a pedestal? Like, Give me a break. Yeah. She's in the middle of a battlefield with a sword stabbing the Witch King in the face. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, how much more real does that get? Love her. Love her to pieces. Um, but, in uh, you know, Tolkien's kind of high fantasy. This is not high fantasy. Yeah, okay. Just going to point that out. Um, <laughs> this is not – this is classic literature, I would argue, but not necessarily, like, yeah. high-quality literature. This is mm. something you buy to read on the plane because you're desperate for something entertaining. And this is – you could actually do a lot worse than this. Oh, now I know why I brought this up. I've started watching this terrible new TV series. It's called Grimm. I don't okay. know. It's it's based with the Grimm brothers. Yes, it is. Oh, I don't. I was I've thinking the Grim Reaper. No, 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 no. <laughs> Double M, as in the brothers Grimm, <laughs> okay. the fairy tale, the fairy tales. Blah 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 blah. It's terrible. Okay, not wish it on anybody. I'm not necessarily going to recommend it because, unfortunately, it's supposed to. It, it tries to do like the Buffy thing, where it's like you know, set in this modern day world with all these like you know, all the creatures of your nightmares that live in this world, and there's one person yeah. who can save you, and it's an inherit, it's an inherit, a grand inheritance, and blah blah blah. They do it terribly, though. Yeah, really, really terribly. And obviously, the inheritance is the brothers Grimm who recorded the actual stories to. Um, you know, as, you know, as... So I guess they had to figure out a way to turn... They're like, let's do a TV series on the Brothers Grimm. What are we going to do? Um, yeah. So it's a, you, can, you can see that coming up in, you know... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, so, I mean, Once Upon a Time is such a better, like, retake, like, reinterpretation, mm. retake on classic fairy tales. This is, like, terrible. This one's terrible. But why I brought it up was because of the way... Male and female, like female witches in the Grim, like the f- the female characters in the Brothers Grimm in the stories, going right back to the stories, and the magic that they have are quite fundamentally different to the way men do magic. So if you look, read more broadly, other than Cinderella and the Brothers mm-hmm. Grimm, didn't really write too much about mag- magic, except that it was bad and evil, and you don't touch that stuff. Mm. But notice the way that women get treated. Who do engage with this stuff is usually they usually get punished more severely or more awful things happen to them by fate because they're okay. being punished by fate. Um, another, you know, so this kind of is poking fun at all that sort of cultural her- heritage and thingies people have about witches and you know earth magic kind of thing, um, which is what all the 
they you know they're all into herb lore and they're all into the um, still quite impressive feats of magic, but it comes from a fundamentally different source to the wizards who are doing astrology it's, and it's all funny, that sort of stuff. It's funny that you're talking about this because it's almost like I've never heard this before. I've never really been into fantasy or anything like that. But in a very odd way, and I could be completely wrong, and if I am completely wrong, Please I would tell like us. <laughs> uh, I'd like you to, to like us on Facebook and tell me that I'm wrong. Um, in that order. In that order, oh. yes. Don't unlike us on Facebook. and then Anyway, um, is a little bit like, I guess, a, a caricature of the, um, the differences between men and women according to Aristotle. That women are like that in in terms of the procreation mm-hmm. to, to take that example that women provide the matter and men provide the form yeah that it's like that women provide the dirt and men provide the thing that makes the dirt into something good yeah so um, yeah women are the that, clay like I mean that's that's, that's obviously that probably a caricature but yes. like it, it seems like it's sort of playing off that kind of thing. Um, which is possibly unique to, to Aristotle because it wouldn't. Plato didn't really have a thing about men and women, and no, but yeah, Plato didn't really um, care. <laughs> you were all just souls in the end, anyway. Yeah, so, so it what didn't matter, matter. matter didn't um, matter. But yeah, uh, 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 oh dear, but I'm <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, do, do you think? Do you think that there's possibly, or do you think that that's something cultural? Um, that I mean, Aristotle didn't pull that out of nowhere. Like he observed that. Women are obviously the ones that bear the children. Yeah. You know, um, and so, you know, that's possibly what then he was very attentive to, to biology and things like that. Even though he was wrong on that point, he was still attentive nonetheless. Yeah. Um, to the processes that were happening. Do you think that it's something that's coming from Aristotle, or do you think it's something that culturally humans in general understand women to be much closer to grounded things? Whereas men tend to be attracted towards, it's hard to say this because it almost sounds like you're being sexist, but I think it's just the reality of the world that we live in today that values male and masculine things over feminine things. But anyway, um, that's another episode. Um, but <laughs> another the, the men tend to be more focused on like abstract, you know, things. abstract things and women tend to be more focused on concrete things, yeah. for better or worse on both accounts. Yeah, and in many ways that's kind of what Terry Pratchett's sort of poking fun at okay. by writing a story like this um, because the reality is is that women are just as good physicists as men mm. were and the ironic thing is in the 18th, in the 19th century, physics or as it was known back then, natural theology is what it was called. That was actually the Department of Women. Women in England, it was it was seen as an appropriate study for ladies in England to yeah. study so cool. to study astronomy. Yeah, because yeah. that was you know the that was you know the heavenly bodies and natural things. That's what women did. Men did things. De- men did manly things like grammar and linguistics See, and classics. That's and that's really interesting. Yeah. So the way that it's revert the way that it's reversed over the last you know couple of centuries or so is actually. It shows you that the dynamics between what's seen as appropriate for men and what's seen as appropriate for women are are liable to change, mm. and it's also clear that women are clearly capable. Like it, it, no one, no one's going to argue that women are clearly ca- incapable, are not capable of abstract thought because that's rubbish. We know they are. Um, oh, you know, they're humans. Yes, they're humans, um. and therefore they're capable of abstract thought. It kind um, of is a thing that humans do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for better or for worse, it's a thing humans do, but. It is seen consistently from ancient times through to now that women have this thing with the earth and men have this thing with masculinity is seen as this thing with the sky. 
so or thing or mm. you know something that's not of the earth it's the opposite of that so you look at greek mythology for example all the female goddesses are around fertility earthliness that kind of thing um like Ceres, goddess of grain and farming and fertility you see it in um you know you see it in a number of uh, you see it in a number of other pagan deities mm. this separation between ones that are associated with masculinity uh, and ones associated with femininity, and they're always, you know, they're always sort of seen as being more associated with the earth because that's where the fertility is. And mm. women are fertile; they produce babies, all that sort of stuff. Other female animals produce babies, so there's kind of there there is that that then kind of got translated into medicine, effectively um, okay. in Western medicine. So there's uh, oh. I forget his name. It'll come to me in a minute. But this guy, this is a Roman doctor. He essentially wrote the defining medical text that would influence everyone up until we kind of got rid up until like up until we figured out what germs are and started understanding yep. anatomy yep. a lot better. So for several several centuries and he's several centuries, millennia even, he was like the he was the thing about he was the thing about the human bodies. And so he that's where the humors come from. Oh. So the four humors okay. um, and the balance between the four humors. But he also had this thing about why men and women were different. Okay. Women were different because they were cool in temperature. Not not in yeah like, yeah cool in, not in not awesome. in the other set not in the other sense although that is also very true um, so women I'm outnumbered yeah. so women were because they were fertile that means they obviously had a lot of water in them which means that they were cooler and so the so the color blue was associated with femininity the color you know ah uh, yes okay I and that's why women this. had yeah. bigger hips was because cool air sinks. And that's why women have bigger <laughs> hips. So... Hey, wait for it. It gets better. Men, on the other hand, were hot, were hotter temperature-wise, which is why they tended to be angrier, why they tended to be more aggressive, and why they had bigger shoulders and bigger heads, therefore bigger brains. Whatever. I was thinking bigger heads is in, like, bigger egos. No, no, anyway. no, no, no. Well, I'm pretty sure I, I would love to know if this guy was actually kind of being semi-sarcastic when he wrote this down because I would not be surprised. There's probably a theory out there that it was all a joke. Yeah. But anyway, uh. Uh, but no, but and this, and that's why we, and that's why red uh, the colors red is associated with masculinity. So you see that all over. And classically, that's those are the pink was a male color. Exactly. That's right. And baby until, blue was a female color. Until apparently golf changed this but i, I ha- apparently golf in the like 20s the thing- changed all of this but i don't have blame golf i don't have a reference for that. Golf. no i don't have a reference for that and i can't remember who told me that but that's what i've been told that the Listen, pink blue if you know why over. golf is to blame for this um, <laughs> or why it's not and why victoria shouldn't just listen to everything she li- she hears but you know whatever <laughs> yeah so getting back to terry pratchett this is kind of the cultural milieu that we've grown up with in the western world and to this day that's still kind of influenced influences men that's still kind of influence the way men, the way men and women perceive themselves and their roles within society and there's no questioning that men and women are different i'm sorry but they are men and women are different yes but that doesn't mean necessarily that there are things out there activities out there that are necessarily masculine yeah. or feminine Outside of child, outside of childbirth and breastfeeding, that is the only distinctly feminine thing out there. Feminine thing out there because women do it. I won't argue with that. Um, 
Anything else, though, is fair game. Physics, skateboarding, horse riding, um, you know, mechanics, anything else out there. Sewing. Sewing. Um, sewing, tapestry, embroidery, whatever you want. Like I have to do a lot of uh, heavy lifting for women, so maybe I should take that argument. And <laughs> yeah. well, that, that is actually a biological thing, though. I, I You know, men do... It's it's not my fault. I don't go to the gym. It's my hormones. Blame them. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hormones. But no, I know what you mean. In yeah, terms so of like role, like specific gender roles. Well, what activities that are supposedly proper to one's gender. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start something. Oh, you're going to start something. What about- I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This, is, this isn't something to make fun of, but no. it's a serious discussion. No, it's no. about frontline infantry. Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. It's a big it's a big debate. Uh, and my timer just went off. So we're gonna stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're but gonna leave you yeah. hanging. Um, no, no, no. It's it's right. I think we can I think that a lot of this stuff about gender theory and that kind of thing, to a certain extent, might rest upon the obvious fallacy that men and women are different in a superficial sense. Yeah. Um, and that they argue against that. They say, well, obviously men and women are different in that way, therefore there is no difference, when it completely ignores a lot of the underlying differences between masculinity and femininity. Um, do you think that's a good place to Yeah, that's a good place that? to leave it. So if you're looking for a fun way to sort of get into that and to see some very, actually some very, very clever social commentary on um the way that we understand men and women in today's society. This is highly entertaining, highly recommended. I do highly recommend Terry Pratchett in general as an author. He's very, very funny, very sarcastic, and um, dry British humour. I can't get enough of it. I'm sorry. I might be a bit biased here, given my other taste in books that you should all know about. But, yeah, that's 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 Equal Rights by Terry Pratchett. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kiara. And um, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing in the next episode. We always do this, you know. Um, but there will be something. There will be and a book. Someone will There'll be some kind of literary text. There will hmm. be. So we will uh, see you all next time. Bye. Bye. That was an episode of Catholics Read from cradio.org.au. 